Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the History and Philosophy podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Franklin Rausch. I'm hosting today, and we have a special guest uh, today to talk to us about public history, Mr. Jesse Garbowski. Uh, hello there, Mr. Garbowski. Hi, Dr. Rausch. So I wonder if we could begin. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for making time to talk to us today. I know you're quite busy, so we really appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Always happy to help out the program in any way possible. Excellent. So to begin, could you tell us a little bit about um, about a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I am actually a Lander uh, alumni. I graduated in 2012, uh, came to the school uh, on a soccer scholarship and was enrolled in the history program. Uh, also took part in uh, doing a secondary teaching certification. Uh, and as I was finishing up my senior year, uh, we had a representative from the 96 National Historic Park come and speak to our senior thesis class and tell us that they were looking for students uh, to come and work. Uh, so me and I believe one other student uh, jumped on that and that kind of sort of began my career in public history. I worked at the park for about, mm, say about six months uh, and from there transitioned into a graduate program and public history at the University of West Georgia, where I uh, worked as a graduate assistant in the National Park Service uh, regional office doing uh, archives work. Uh, and as I was finishing up my program, I moved over and uh, started work for the Georgia Humanities Council, working with the Smithsonian on uh, traveling exhibitions that go to uh, rural communities. Uh, and then I graduated from the University of West Georgia in 2015 with a Master of Arts in History, a Public History Concentration, and a Museum Studies uh, Certification. Uh, and that's really where I was finishing up my schooling and started to get uh, into the real world. Um, right as I was right as I was leaving, uh, I got an email from the Atlanta History Center, which is where we conducted some of our hands-on museum classes. They had seen some of the uh, work we had done for them there, and they had asked me if I would be willing to come in for an interview uh, for uh, to be a project manager for one of the uh, exhibitions that they were renovating. And so that was kind of where my actual career took off. Uh, and at that time, I was a project manager doing uh, sort of a community collaboration uh, in order to build a part of an exhibition. So I worked with local in-town Atlanta neighborhoods uh, to tell the story that they wanted to tell in the exhibition. And as I was rounding that out at the History Center, the uh, Battle of Atlanta Cyclorama which is a large, very large painting. It's about the size of a football field. It's being moved from Grant Park uh, at the Atlanta Zoo to the Atlanta History Center to be rehoused. Uh, and then I was brought on to head the uh, digital exhibitions for that. So I did that for about three years uh, before I moved over into the for-profit world, uh, which uh, naturally has a little better benefit of a little more more money uh, and work with being a project manager for international exhibitions. So literally as I wrap, wrapped up the cyclorama, I got on a plane and took off, went to Germany. And the first thing to do was to tear down a Pink Floyd exhibition. <laughs> uh, 
So, so we did that, and then immediately after, and then two weeks later, they flew me out to Saudi Arabia, where I had to uh, put up an exhibition on drones, and it just kept going on for there for about a year uh, until COVID hit in March. And because of the abrupt halt uh, of work and us being a very small uh, for-profit group, uh, majority of the staff have had to be let go uh, due, to, due to that. So I was unemployed during COVID for about six months and then got hired in September in the position I am now uh, with the Environmental Corporation of America who uh, conducts, <coughs> excuse me, environmental surveys and does historic research uh, primarily for to the telecommunications industry. So AT&T, T-Mobile. So anytime a, one of their cell towers has to be put up, a review of that land has to take place. And that is where they contract with us to do that review and i'm still working in that right now and getting my feet wet and uh and, and enjoying it so far oh excellent well that i mean you've had a really a whirlwind of activity over the last um six years or so yeah it's been uh i've been all over the place uh just both physically and with the type of work that i've done uh, I've been very lucky with a lot of the connections that I've made and people that have said, hey, you know, we need to talk to this person or, hey, you know, somebody putting me, reaching out to me because somebody told them about me. So I, again, it's a very, the public history field is just a very small community in itself. So that, that has its ups and its downs. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing for Korean studies. <laughs> I can imagine. It's also very small. <laughs> so, so, and I... You kind of mentioned this a little bit in your, I mean, that was a great kind of narrative um, of your travels, but it sounds like it, it did kind of snowballed where you started off just, you know, as a volunteer to kind of, um, so was that like part-time work you did for the Smithsonian traveling exhibits as a graduate yeah, so student? I was, yeah, so I was actually a graduate student. So the way that works, uh, at least at my institution was, you know, they cover your, when you're a graduate student, they cover your tuition and then you receive a small stipend from the group that's paying for you to be a graduate assistant. So you're working, you know, 18 hours a week and then you're doing your classes as well. So uh, with that, I was just sort of, I was certainly classified as a graduate student, although they did bring me in and pay me during the interim periods of school, just because projects were still going on uh, there. But primarily what I did was that at, at the Smithsonian, you know, the Smithsonian has various, <coughs> excuse me, different, um, subgroups within it, and one of them is CITES, the Smithsonian Institution of Traveling Exhibition Services, and then within that there was the Museum on Main Street program, which was a way to get uh, small, very small uh, traveling museum exhibits into very rural parts of the country where people, so people that may not be able to see the Smithsonian can't actually see it. Uh, so we were working, and as the, you know, the, Georgia, the Jewish Humanities Council was the Georgia sort of hub uh, for how to collaborate, we, you know, we select the communities that the show is going to go to. We have to fundraise for it, and then we have to work with uh, those groups that are selected to sort of create local content to incorporate uh, into that. So I did a little, just a little bit of all of that because I was coming in right at the beginning as one of the shows to strap. Excellent. And if I understand correctly, there was a connect. Did did your how did your um, volunteer work at ninety six help you? get into a graduate program and help you get that particular um, opportunity? 
Uh, so when I was working, and I was actually working at 96, they were paying me, uh, which was very, which was very nice as a college student. Uh, oh yeah. So, as I was working there, I was being uh, sort of encouraged by some of the professors at Atlanta to, hey, you should maybe go on and go, you know, get a graduate degree. So as I was looking in the Atlanta area, which is where I'm from originally, uh, looked at a couple schools and noticed that the University of West Georgia had a very robust graduate assistant program. Uh, they had a lot of options for, hey, you know, you can come here and we'll end up paying you to go to school essentially. So that sounded very good to me. Uh, and with the connection that they had with the regional office at, with the National Park Service, it was just kind of a natural flow uh, to move from a park uh, to the regional office. Oh, excellent, excellent. When you said it was a small world, I mean, did you did you need recommendations or anything like that? Uh, just in the sense, not not so much, Act, not for that transition, really. Uh, just the general recommendations that you would need for any program, a master's program to get into. Uh, but in terms of from National Park Service at 96 to the regional office, uh, I, I'm not aware of anything that happened, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that it didn't. Right, right. Okay. And then um, one thing I just, uh, before I forget, it's it's fun. I, I also volunteer, I volunteer at 96 um, for the oh. living history. So oh, it's yeah. fun that that, uh, that kind of connection has continued. Some of our students do as well. Um, currently, there's actually a Lander student working at 96 as a ranger. Oh, fantastic. Um, and the... Um, and just for, for students who may listen to this later, so it sounds like you, I think you had a GA, a, a graduate assistantship, is that right? That was the um, Smithsonian position? Yes, that was in my graduate program, and then I was a ranger as well in 96 and my, when I was okay. finishing my undergraduate. Yeah, I just want students, so students often think about like being a TA, right, a teaching assistant, which mm -hmm. is what, what I did. But you did the, I think it sounds like it was the equivalent of what you did, I mean, in terms of paying tuition, giving you a stipend, yep. but it was focused on a kind of, you're actually working in the field. No, that's correct. So uh, that, that's exactly what it is. You get that small stipend and then you work 18 to 20 hours and over that semester period. And during that time, you're pretty much usually assigned some sort of project that you can hopefully complete uh, by that end of time so that you have you know, something to show on your resume, uh, which a lot of this work to this day, I, I still put on my resume because it was extremely relevant. Uh, it's not just like, oh, you know, you just interned here and you move papers and stuff. No, it was, it was con definitely considered a work experience. Oh, excellent. What was your final project? Uh, so <laughs> my final project was I was creating a pamphlet, or not a pamphlet, it was more like a booklet uh, telling all of the, so the, the type of exhibition was, it was called Hometown Teams, and it was about, you know, uh, rural communities and sports. So I was creating a pamphlet that showed all, or not, not I'm sorry, that's a, again, not a pamphlet, it was more of it was a program guide uh, that went through each of the communities and, you know, had photographs and text and was thematic in its approach to, you know, what sports mean to rural communities with the Georgia twist on it. Oh, excellent. And I and that goes, it sounds like, I mean, that's one thing I, I tell the students that are interested in public history. You really have to have a, a very robust skill set because you're having to, to write as well as interact with the public and instruct. 
Absolutely, and I remember my graduate teacher uh, telling me several times it's just the one area that she always hears that uh, from employers that you got to have people that can write, and that would be one of the areas that I certainly would consider one of my uh, weaker suits. Uh, however, once you just get thrown into the gauntlet, it quickly you know becomes something you get very good at. I wrote, uh, gosh, I can't even tell you how much text for exhibitions now uh, and it's just something that you have to do and grow you know you have to work at those areas that you're weak on in order to compete excellent right yeah it's it's a skill and, and that's what I try and say it's, you know you, you can't go out and expect to hit three pointers in basketball without practice it's the same for writing exactly exactly so, and then could you say a little, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit, could you say a little bit more about how you transitioned then from, from, you know, this, you had this great kind of opportunity in graduate school. It sounds like they did a great job at West Georgia setting you up for success. How then did you make that transition into the um, Atlanta History Center? So about, for the Museum Studies certification, uh, all of those classes were taught at the Atlanta History Center in some sort of collaboration with a staff member there. Uh, so all of the stuff, uh, the classes and and whatnot we did there was very, very hands-on. Uh, and sort of the last class that we did was like an exhibits practicum where the entire thing was, okay, the Atlanta History Center has this open space and they give us a theme and, you know, we have to build the exhibition. And that's essentially what would be happening in, you know, two, three years down the line for them. So we would do everything from put together a project budget, you know, create a, a theme for the exhibition, find objects, photographs, write text, pretty much do everything uh, in sort of the design form, but actually do a physical build. Um, so we did that, <coughs> excuse me, and I was the project manager for the entire class. And then we presented to the senior staff at the end of it. And as I was about two weeks away applying for jobs, uh, they reached out and said, you know, hey, we have this contract position. Uh, we need some help on this. They were redoing their Ed their sort of signature Atlanta exhibition at the time, and they needed extra help. And they said, could you just come and interview for this? I, and I did, and that, that's how I got my foot in the door, uh, just because I was taking a class that was there, and they took notice. Well, excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's... And this is, I mean, this is what I tell students, you know, it's not just um, what you know, it's who you know. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean, people want to know competent people. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, you know, there was a, I was in a class of about probably 13 people there. And, you know, you never know how you're going to be singled out. Uh, right. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people just stand out for, a way that you wouldn't expect. You don't know what people are looking for, uh, but you definitely have to put yourself out there or else you're just not going to be seen. Right, right. And so can you say a little bit more about how you made that transition then from, from the Atlanta History Center project manager contract position to the Battle of Atlanta Cyclorama? Yeah, so uh, because one of the, the curator, the military curator, uh, taught classes at the University of West Georgia. He knew that I was there and I was working and he that they just rolled my contract over again and said, hey, you know, I, he's like, I want you to come and do this, be my number two. Uh, and so that extended my contract another two and a half years, uh, which in nonprofit world is really nice. 
and I got to work on a one of the largest exhibitions that was going on in the country at the time and be a part of that. Uh, and yeah, and that that you know took up two and a half years, and I yeah that that's something that especially in the local Atlanta area people take notice of when they see that. Uh, on my resume is a battle of land cycle round. People just know what that is locally. Uh, as I, as I listen to your story, it seems like it's so important your experience in graduate school. Like it seems like in a sense, that's where so much of this stuff grew out of. It really did. Uh, and it's just with those connections that, you know, once you if you do go on to look at a graduate program or as you are now, you know, looking, doing internships and whatnot, it's just those connections with the people that you make that end up bringing you to the next level. Uh, it, I cannot underscore how important it is, you know, when you're doing an internship or a graduate assistantship or volunteering. I know volunteers at the Atlanta History Center that were put into full-time positions. Uh, so people take notice, you know, uh, so, and sometimes it might just be, oh, we don't want to hire, you know, go out and do a hiring thing. We have a person here that knows how to do the work already because we've trained them. Wait. Wow. And so what, what advice could you give people who are interested in going on to graduate school and hope to work in the field of public history? Um, excuse me. Definitely have a take. The, you know, you're going to take the time in your graduate program to learn about all the different aspects that are available because it's not just public history. There's various uh, different avenues to, to take in public history. And if you find something you're really passionate about, you have to pursue it really hard because the, the degree itself will really not get you anywhere. Uh, it's a, all about the connections that you make. There's there's a there's a very large talent pool out there uh, looking for jobs, especially right now uh, during COVID because museums are uh, somewhat hurting uh, because they are unable to get their visitorship and unable to use their facilities for rentals, uh, which strongly affects their uh, their overall budgets. So you have to find something that makes you stand out. Excellent uh, advice there. And so you've now, you know, you, like you said, you kind of transitioned from the out of, um, or I'm sorry, for the nonprofit sector to the for-profit sector. Looking back in your career in, in public history in the, I mean, it sounds like you're still doing historical work, but looking back at that not-for-profit sector, what did you like about it? Well, you know, the work is certainly, it's very enjoyable work. Um, I, I can say, you know, it was wonderful being able to go to a historic site uh, for work every day. Even when I, at, when I was at 96, that wasn't lost on me where I was and the type of work that I was doing. Uh, all of that's very humbling uh, when you think about the, the bigger picture and what it means uh, and what you're, you know, preserving or pr trying to prepare to present to the public. Uh, it, it, I just found the work to be extremely enjoyable. Uh, you're you're happy when you get in the morning, and you're happy when you leave. Uh, I would I would say just to give the opposite of that, uh, some of the downsides at not with working with nonprofit is uh, you're certainly not going to be making the type of money that you thought you were going to be making uh, when you get into that when you get into nonprofit work. Uh, and there's still a you know there's a large pool of people that are willing. Uh, to take that little bit of less money to do that type of work because it's so enjoyable. And so how, um, and you're someone, you know, I, this is always the thing we get when people major in history. Well, what are you going to do with that? 
And you know, you're, hmm. you're someone who has proved that you can do a lot <laughs> with a history degree. So I wonder if you could say a little bit about the kind of skills that studying history helped you develop that are, are useful in the for-profit world. Well, certainly uh, one of the biggest skills you come out of uh, is your research abilities. Um, in the for-profit world, it's, it's a lot faster and uh, things are, you, things have to be done immediately. So being able to quickly get on, know who to reach out to, you know, getting online and knowing what to look for. And this is, you know, this, you can think of this in a much broader scope than just historical context. You can think of this just as, uh, I'll just give you an example. I was, there was a show that was traveling from Australia to the United States and, and it was a very large show. And all of a sudden I was told like, we need to find a place to house this immediately and it has to be cheap. And for something that large, it's not a very, that's a very tall task to do, especially since it was coming into California. It's very expensive there. So just being able to get on the phone, think outside, also thinking outside the box helps a lot too when you're doing your research. You know, you look at the, okay, I've touched, you know, ABC, which is what everybody looks at, but what are some of the things that people have not looked at? And that's kind of what set me a little bit aside when I was doing the work on the cyclorama. There were a lot of stories that had not been told yet because it's just being looked, taken, trying to look at it from a completely different perspective. Well, excellent. That's very helpful. Well, thank you so much for, I, I know you're very busy, so thank you so much, Mr. Grabowski, for taking time out of your, your schedule to talk with us. Absolutely. And again, always happy to help uh, with the program. It certainly uh, was a very large stepping stone to get me where I am today. And uh, hope everyone there is uh, still enjoying the program just like I did. Oh, well, we're doing our best. Thank you so much and have a good day. Thank you as well.